0: If we can just be consistent, be on fire, like I said this morning, the devil's going to fight. Anything that's good, the devil's going to fight. Kind of a story on that. I remember a few years ago out in the garden, I may have shared this story early on when I first came here, but I remember planting a row of sunflowers. I always plant my wife a row of sunflowers. Man, that's that's cheap brownie points. Dollar sixty-five of seeds. You plant your wife some sunflowers. You mess up. You just go out there and cut one off. And go say sorry. And uh, man, they kid, they like that. And uh, I'm gonna hear about this later. But uh, I was planting. I planted a row of sunflowers, and I turned around, and a turkey had walked right behind there. Shelby, I'm, I didn't know you were in here. Uh, <laughs> The turkey had walked right behind me down that row and ate all those sunflowers right out of the row. And you know, the devil's the same way. He just, God sows a seed, and if we're not careful, and and Jesus teaches a parable about that, about how the birds and the fowls of the air, they just take up that seed that's sown. So we've got to guard it and protect it. And uh, we all have that individual challenge. Anybody else? The only closet the Lord belongs in is our prayer closet. He don't go in the broom closet, does he? Pull him out when we need him. Anything else? Pray for Dawson. He's had some health things today, not feeling too good. Lord's been dealing with me about that, and uh I think we might just have to make that part of uh, part of what we do here and uh that stuck out to me especially and uh, what what would how would it, wonderful would it be if the name now the names are gonna they're gonna ebb and flow, but uh I'd love to see those those names drop down a little bit for a while <laughs> amen so we'll we'll revisit that and uh that blessed my heart as well brother Andy actually had shared with me about something their church do does uh with uh putting a, a ping pong ball in a uh in a jar is it a jar or a container of some kind yeah, yeah. and you you follow up when someone's saved and god answers prayer you follow up and lord's working with me you help me pray about that we we got to we'll have to take some of these burdens on and uh so uh Let's pray about that together. Anything else? Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. God bless you. Glad to have you. Very glad to have you. Amen. Anything else? All right. turn to the gospel of John chapter number 3 with me tonight John 3 and if you would stand with me if you can when you find your place in reverence of God's word obviously very well known scripture mine probably went to it when I said John 3 but dealing with some scripture, I need your help for prayers tonight. I told my wife, I said, this is the first time in a while I hadn't come to church knowing when I was going to preach. So uh, I need your prayers. But God's been dealing with me about a few messages. One specifically from John 3 and we'll begin in verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, That they are wrought in God. Let us pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you for being our God. We thank you for being our God. Lord, there's so many places any manner of us could be tonight. But, Lord, we thank you that we are in your house. And, God, we just pray that you would stir in us happiness and peace and hope that's given by your son, Jesus. God, we thank you for your precious Holy Ghost and how he works and deals in our lives. We pray that nothing would be said of ourselves, but everything, God, that you direct us and everything that you would show us to say tonight. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. I want to preach to you for just a few moments tonight on love, the love of God. And reading through this scripture, probably some of the greatest scripture concerning love, you will find the love of Jesus, the love of God. And and as the scripture said, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. This whole thing, this whole life, this whole existence that we possess and that we have is distracted by many things, many endeavors and many interests careers, and jobs, and money to be made, and things to possess, things to be bought, things to be owned, but we possess nothing, nothing like the love of God, and we do not know the love of God until we become part of the family of God, and when we do, all the richness of the love of God, it's rich, and it's pure, and it's like nothing else you can find anywhere else, it's like nothing that you could ever experience anywhere you go. I was thinking about the love of God and how much he loves us and how his son Jesus, he came and he lived and he died and and he gave his life on my behalf. He paid a price that I owed. He paid a price that you owed that you could not afford to pay. As we've been saying recently, God only deals in blood and he only accepts the blood of his son Jesus Christ. And there's nothing in this world that I can possess. God doesn't take Visa. God doesn't take MasterCard. He won't accept wire transfers. He he doesn't deal in any of those things. He only deals in blood. And it was the love of his son Jesus Christ that chose to come and live and to die and give up his blood. My blood could be spilled. My body be drained of every bit that I possess. But it has no saving power. We just began looking at the Christmas play and I'm not going to spoil the play it's a very well-written play but I can tell you a little bit about the Christmas story because everybody hopefully knows that story Jesus Christ he came into the world innocent born into this world as man God made man and he lived a perfect life and he died an evil and wicked death and he arose from the grave and it was all because of love he came because of love he lived in love he died through love and he arose from the grave and it was all because of his love for us that he did all these things he prevailed in every way in every form and fashion he prevailed over death held in the grave because of his great and his mighty love that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life his love for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life we all know that verse tell you a few things tonight about his love first thing about his love is that his love existed before the foundation of the earth been reading through genesis and you go back and you uh read in in genesis chapter one and you find uh god there uh in his existence before the creation of the earth and i'm not here to tell you what i think uh was going on i'm not here to tell you what i think was was happening i'm not here to tell you what i think about god before he created man but i do know that god knows everything He knows everything uh, about the past and the history of all of mankind. He knows more than the history books could ever record. He knows more than all the libraries in the world could possess. He knows more than the History Channel could ever tell you about the past. He knows more than than any foolish fortune teller or any kind of psychic person could ever tell you about the future. He knows at this very moment about his return, That when he sends his ton, son to return and come and to get his church. He knows about the future forever. He knows everything about eternity. I can't even comprehend what my God knows. And I, but I do know that the consistent thing that we see all throughout Scripture and what we saw there in Genesis 3, how in Genesis 3, when Adam and Eve sinned against God, how he went, God went and he got a sacrifice and he made a sacrifice to cover their sin. We see love in Genesis 3. We see love in John 3, and we see love in 2023. Love prevails throughout all all history, throughout all days and all ages, all that can happen on this earth. His love prevails, and his love existed before the foundation of the earth. If you want to gain a high view of God, just consider a God that knew you before the earth was ever created. And a God that knows everyone that will ever exist in this very moment the people that lived and died 2000 years ago he knew them in every form and fashion in every way he knew all their sins he knew their their good qualities their bad qualities their temptations he knew their fate and today each and every person under the sound of my voice he knows everything about you And he has loved you since before the foundation of the earth. Before he spoke it into existence, the stars were cast into the sky. He loved you before the foundation of the earth. What a blessing it is. He looked down through history and he saw me. An undeserving, unworthy, wretched sinner. He saw me before the foundation of the earth. His love was before the foundation of the earth. And also his love exists while we were yet sinners. He looked at me and he saw me and I was imperfect there was nothing that I could do that could gain me any favor with God there were no works or no no penance there was no uh, uh, sacrifice that I could make there was no time that I could give There was no work I could do that could gain me any favor with God yet while I was a sinner he lived and he died for me we should praise the Lord on that tonight you see I'm somebody and I, and I hear Pastor Ricky's testimony, and it, it's so similar to my own. I'm somebody that I was saved when I was seven years old. Pastor was a grandfather. My grandfather was a pastor. Went to church all my life, every time the doors were open. And I lived a worse life after I became a Christian than I did before. I was seven years old. There, there's not much you can do when, I, when you're seven. I stole a Hot Wheels car one time. This was right about the time I was under conviction to be saved. And I stole a Hot Wheels car. And I, but I'm telling you what, I went to hell over a Hot Wheels car. I needed Jesus so desperately. He died to pay for those sins, even something as small as stealing. And I knew better. I was coming to that age of accountability. And I realized, man, if I don't get right, I'm going to stand before God and I'm going to go to hell. I was seven years old. It's different for everybody. Some are... A little older, some are younger, that's fine. But I realized I was going to go to hell. And I realized that there was one who came and he lived and he died while I was a sinner. While we were sinners, he died for us. I got a little older and became a teenager. And I've told you my story and I'm not going to go through everything else. But there was not much of anything that I wouldn't try, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't indulge in. And I lived this prodigal life. I was a hypocrite, but his love prevailed in my life. Now, as we preached this morning, there was a time where I had to face reality and there was a time where I had to deal with my sin. There was a time where God said, well, uh, uh, you're wrong in this area. And he convicted me for the things that I did and the way that I lived and how I had backslidden on him. He convicted me of those things. I was on a, a very dark road, but God loved me before I was saved. After I was saved, God loved me. His love prevailed. His blood prevailed. His sacrifice prevailed. His forgiveness prevailed. And it projects me today to live as close to him as i can because i don't want to disappoint the one that loves me more than he loves the earth that i stand on he loves us so much while we were yet sinners some say well i lived in sin for years until i was gloriously saved hey praise the lord he loved you all those years and all those times and after you you get saved you're not going to be perfect I'm afraid what has has caused and disrupted a lot of evangelism in the world is because people have made people think that we're supposed to live perfect lives as Christians. Show me one person who don't have a bad thought. Say a bad thing or say something about somebody. React negatively to something. Show me one person. Like I said this morning, that person who says I don't deal with anything, they deal with honesty. Honesty is their issue. We all deal with things. We all face hardships. We we all respond to things a bad way. We all say a bad word. We all think a bad thing. We all uh, uh, have a bad thought about somebody. But while I was a sinner, even though I have turned my back at times on him in my life, Christ still died for me. His love prevailed before the foundation of the earth when he saw me and he knew me and he loved me. I was thinking about Noah this morning when I was preaching from Genesis. I just kind of started reading about Noah. The creation of man grieved the heart of God, did it not? His heart was grieved at his creation. But he looked at Noah. What did he do? told Noah to build an ark. Hey, we're preaching basic stuff this, this, this evening, but that's okay. He told Noah to build an ark. What does that ark represent? That ark represents Jesus Christ. And Noah and his family, they were the only ones that would listen. They were the only ones that were going to get in. But before the foundation of the earth, God knew that. Like I said this morning, I can't explain the mind of God, but God knew that. And when God looked over mankind and he's seen the wickedness that you couldn't explain and he's seen ungodliness, even in the day that we see today, there's another ark that's already been built and his name's Jesus Christ. And while I'm a sinner, he's telling me and he's calling out to me and he's, he's crying out to these that have never accepted it and he's saying, come in, come in, come in, because one day the door will be shut. That's God's grace, God's mercy, but foremost, God's love before the foundation of the earth and while we were yet sinners. The art being Jesus Christ. Just come in. Just come in. There's a day the door will be shut and it will be closed for good. Before the foundation of the earth, earth, his love prevailed. While we were yet sinners, his love prevailed. And that love, it also will last for an eternity. I I can't even wrap my mind around the truth of eternity. I I cannot comprehend it. Eternity means, if you're you're like me, eternity means a long time. Eternity means forever. Eternity means never ending. Eternity means it will never stop. And when you begin to think about God's love and God's plan is that before he made me, he knew I would be wicked. While I was wicked, he still loved me. Even after I had been saved and I did wicked things, he still loved me and welcomed me back into his family. But he did all that because he wants his love to prevail for eternity. Why? What, What do you mean? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. His love is meant to prevail forever. What a blessing it is to know that that's the kind of God that we serve, the one that I believe in, the one I put my trust in, the one I've laid my life down to, the one I've, I've given my, my, my career to, the one I've laid everything out before, the one I've trusted in, I have my faith not misplaced in thing of the world, some system of the world, but I have my faith placed in the creator of the world, the creator of me, the creator of you, the creator of this church. The one who came, he lived, he died, he shed his last blood on a cross and got up out of the grave. I have my faith and my trust in him. And if I can trust him for yesterday, if I can trust him through history, then I can trust him for eternity. My trust is placed in a secure place and a secure person. He has his hand held on eternity. Can you imagine what it will feel like one day? I'm with the preacher the other night. He said he can't wait for a purified mind or a transformed mind, glorified mind. What day, what a day it will be where the things of this world cannot creep into our minds because we are not flesh any longer. What a day it will be that I can no longer get angry at anyone else because my mind won't let me. What a day it will be that I can't raise an arm against a brother because my body won't let me. What a day it will be that those thoughts won't even come into my mind because I am a spiritual creature perfected in Christ. That's his love, folks. i so say it just doesn't make sense. Hey, there's some of these things that ain't ever going to make sense. Our mind is not the mind of God. We cannot understand his ways. His ways are not our ways. Why does it have to be this way? Why couldn't it be simpler? Why couldn't it be this way? Why couldn't it be that way? Why couldn't Jesus come in this way, in this form, in this fashion? I had one guy one time wondering why Jesus didn't just come in, 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 in uh, the Garden of Eden. But I mean, look, we've lived thousands of years. And all the pictures, we were just talking about Isaiah. Isaiah teaches the gospel front to back.